understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, episode number 19 of the, I almost said Scumbags of Wrestling, because it is dedicated to the Scumbags of Wrestling tonight, Scumbags of Wrestling podcast at that, but it is, uh, well, what's the date today? Um, Thursday, May the 21st, uh, 2020, which means somebody, some fucker out there, yes, explicit lyrics tonight, is turning 44 today. I'm going to bring him aboard. Hey, Sean Bates of the Scumbags of Wrestling, what the fuck is going on, birthday boy? I'm doing well, and you know, guess what? Hit the bricks. This is being taken over by scumbags tonight. Okay, so hold on a second. If we're, if we're going scumbags, I'm going to do this. Nice little beer action going on. So Sean is rocking the Hawaiian shirt. I've got the Sam Adams going on. Sean has got the Palm Bay, which we're going to get into stories with. Uh, uh, you know, probably probably half an hour, forty five minutes from now. Why Palm Bay is relevant to some of these people on this show tonight? Uh, spe- uh, specifically, Sean, myself. I'm gonna add this guy named Jonesy. John Jonesy, you if you hear the word Palm Bay, does that mean anything to you? Oh yes. <laughs> Palm Bay. And, and Steven, I, I know you're new to this, but uh that Palm Bay thing, what are you drinking? Oh, we got the Caesar. So uh Steven is true to his word. So we are a drinking show tonight. I am going to shut the hell up in the words of Chris Jericho, so Sean can take over the show. Uh scumbags of wrestling, but anyways, uh folks, cheers to Sean. Happy 44th birthday. Um it's been, Jesus, I've known you probably since the time I was 15 years old, so it's been a long time, man, but uh, happy birthday. How's your week been? Uh, it's been uh, pretty good uh, weather-wise. It's been awesome uh, after a rainy uh, weekend, a uh, long weekend, at least today. Amazing. Great for going out for a walk and sitting outside enjoying. Just, yeah, my wife and I just had dinner, Kadoba, uh, had free Kadoba thanks to my birthday, so everything's going well. Uh, job interview tomorrow, so we'll see how that end up, ends up going. But this is now episode number 106 of the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast. So while you're joining us live here on Facebook and uh, Twitch, you can also listen to this on the weekend on Spotify, Stitcher, 
iHeartRadio, iTunes, or anywhere else you get your podcast from. And as you see right now, we got a roundtable going on, and we have a lot of topics to go to today. And unfortunately, two deaths. Um, hold on, hold on. I'm going to hijack the show periodically here, but uh, John Siegfried says, "Happy birthday, Sean." Yes, thank you, John. Looking forward to seeing you again at the factory whenever uh, life gets back to there. Um, so, unfortunately, as I just mentioned, two deaths. Uh, we'll start off with uh, 411 Mania uh, writer, contributor, Larry Zonka. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away. And he recently had uh, surgery uh, that removed his legs. and But he still was able to continue, obviously, writing and doing podcasts for 411. So we send uh, condolences to uh, the family of Larry Zonka. Anybody else familiar with Larry? Probably uh, Maloney. Um, just way back in the day, there was a, a certain level of journalist that existed when the internet kind of uh, went about, and he was one of them, you know. So I heard uh, Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez talk highly about him. I'm not sure about Wei Ting and, and John Pollock, uh, you know, haven't heard anything about uh, them commenting. But the fact is, he was one of those historical wrestling journalists, I guess, when the internet uh, boom happened way back in the late 90s there. But uh, yeah, rest in peace there, Larry Zonka. Yeah, it's unfortunate that that's uh, happened. He did uh, contribute a lot to uh, the wrestling uh, world uh, as far as uh, not necessarily dirt sheets because he uh, seemed to be more of opinion and uh, dealing on fact other than um, guys like Dave Meltzer who likes to get phone calls from the Red Rooster every once in a while and put himself over in that way. But the other one, unfortunately, that I know everybody on this panel has heard of, and that is uh, Shad Gaspar. Uh, one half of the Crime Time uh, tag team with uh, JTG. And just uh, this weekend, he was in Venice Beach with his uh, family, and a big uh, undertow was going on. And he was able to save his son when the uh, lifeguards were trying to clear the beach and get everybody out of the water. And he was able to get his son to rescue. And then he got swept away with the waves. And Coast Guard's looking for him. A lot of search parties, a couple days worth of it. And unfortunately, nothing turned up until the other day when, unfortunately, uh, his body did get washed up on the, the uh, shore. So, yeah, rest in peace, uh, Shad Gaspar, part of Crime Time. Uh, Guys, your thoughts on uh, the loss of Shad, 39 years old? Jonesy? Jones? Well, it, it's, uh, it's too bad that it happened the way that it did. Uh, I, I remember the tag team, but I didn't watch a lot of WWE at that time. But uh, uh, I probably might have seen him live before but uh it's just it's just too bad i mean young age uh and just the way that uh this i don't know when you you hear these stories a lot i would think by now people that go out swimming especially in the ocean and that when there is that potential of undertow that they would have little respirators with them so they could actually breathe when that stuff happens uh, I don't know why they don't make that mandatory, but uh, anyways, that's my thoughts on that. 
Yeah, in this case, he got swept out uh, before he could even uh, be saved. So, but he did save his son, so he's going out a hero. Stephen, your thoughts on uh, crime time and uh, the loss of Shad Gaspar? Well, I wasn't a big fan of crime time because I'm not a big fan of comedy wrestling, and that's what they were. But he definitely had talent. I really think that the WWE underutilized him. He probably could have been a lot better. I mean better utilized and been in a more prominent role just based on look and size. But um, it's always sad to lose someone so young. He's only three years older than me, which is sad. And he's going to leave a family behind. So, you know, thoughts and prayers are with his family. Yeah. And Maloney, your thoughts. So I'm simply going to read what I posted on Facebook yesterday. So, uh, Shad Gaspard got caught in a rip current this past Sunday in Venice Beach, California with his 10-year-old son. When the lifeguards reached him, Shad told him to take his son first. After a huge wage, uh, wave hit, uh, Shad was no longer visible and his body was found very early this morning. That was yesterday, uh, 39 years old. Been a wrestling fan for more than 40 years now and the amount of wrestling talent that has succumbed to an early death due to drugs or alcohol is astonishing and the media does their best to make uh, their deaths look even worse. Uh, Shad's a former pro wrestler. Shad saved his son and for that he'll always be remembered as a hero. Not a pro wrestler, but a hero. And I simply put, hug your kids every chance you get. And let them know you love them. And I put RIP, uh, ha- uh, hashtag uh, Shad Gaspar. So um, with regards to Shad, it's, I mean, it's interesting the fact that they, they're in the wrestling business. They're relevant. And they go away from the wrestling business for whatever reason at all. You don't hear about these, you know, from these guys five, six, ten years. And then all of a sudden something like this happens. Um, but the fact is he went out a hero. I mean, to me as a father, I would have done the same thing. You know what I mean? Um, unfortunately, uh, it went the way it did, but uh, he'll always be remembered as a hero in, in, in my memory anyways. Yeah, I think actually just a couple of uh, months before we got this whole lockdown and everything uh, shutting down on the uh, independent scene, he, him and uh, JTG actually were uh, recently um, part of Battle Arts um, with – uh, Anthony Corelli, and they did a uh, show there with their uh, one of their tag teams. So recently, he uh, they did wrestle here in uh, at least the Toronto area, Mississauga. So yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, I was going to say George McKay of uh, Straight Talk Wrestling um, has had some posts lately with regards to pictures of uh, um, you know JTG and, and Shad with I, I think his wife himself and then his daughter as well. So. Uh, you're right about that, but uh, you know, rest in peace, Shad. Yeah. So we uh, unfortunately had other uh, news with the uh, uh, another death that got talked about, and in two days it'll be actually 21 years uh, since Owen Hart uh, fell. I know Jonesy was over at my house, and we were watching uh, the Over the Edge pay per view and having pizza, and all of a sudden that happened. The show kept on going. But this week, the final episode of uh, Dark Side of the Ring was uh, on, and we got to talk to Martha Hart, Oge, Athena, uh, comments from Jim Cornette in a very un-Jim Cornette way, where he was uh, very emotional. We saw uh, Jim Ross and his uh, thoughts, Jimmy Corderas with the guilt that he feels uh, every day because Owen like brushed uh, past him and apparently even uh, called out watch out below it, even in that final moments as he was falling. Uh, did you guys catch uh, dark side of the ring for episode uh, number 10 of season two? Yes. Your thoughts on it, Steven broke my heart. 
I mean, I remember watching that pay-per-view, but maybe I've just mentally blocked that section of it out. But, like, listening to Jim Cornette break down, listening to the – oh, is it Oge? Is that how you pronounce Oge. it? Was, like, that whole family broke my heart. And, I mean, they probably could have done two or three parts of the Owen Hart death. I mean, 45 minutes is not enough to cover everything. I wish yeah. that was two-parter just because there's so much more that you could have told. And, I mean, he was probably should have been a world champion. I mean, he's probably one of the few that who weren't a world champion that should have been just pure skill. He was – pure skill, pure class, clearly. So, I mean, to lose someone so young and in the prime of their career is very disheartening on how they, how he fell and that they switched the harness, which the piece, which is in, when she showed that clip, the, 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 uh, boat clip. Yeah, that was, I didn't know. Did did anyone else know about that clip being switched before? I'd heard about the uh, clip being uh, different and they wanted a quick release one because it sounded like he was going to end up uh, descending. And uh, just to go back a slight bit, uh, the Wednesday mornings after it shows on Tuesday, Conrad Thompson has the uh, guys who uh, put it together. Uh, They take over JR's uh, stream. And they were talking about it, and they could have gone a lot longer. Uh, like you were saying, it should have been longer than 45 minutes. But apparently uh, Martha is working on having a actual documentary, so they didn't really, really steal her thunder on the whole thing. And that's why they did only encapsulate it in that 45 minutes. But I was surprised that she actually had the evidence and stuff like that. But the initial thought was he was going to descend and at one point even have Max Mini with him. So that even got taken away, thankfully, because who knows what would have happened to him. But it was supposed to land, quickly release, and attack the Godfather uh, sort of scenario. And that's why they had that uh, quick release uh, and cheaper uh, hook. And I guess they also, the guys that they had called, one charged them a lot more. And then they went to the other company. And the first company felt bad that even though it should have cost more. They're willing to then go with the uh, price that WWE wanted. And just because they felt that it wasn't safe. So yeah, definitely a good episode to watch. Maloney, your thoughts on it? Because I think you saw it. Yeah, I watched it. It was, um, it's funny how some of the stuff you kind of, I guess the best word is regress. Uh, You kind of put it in the back of your mind, never to be seen or thought of again. And the way I should, you know, when you watch it, it was to me the interesting part was the fact that you had Martha Hart on camera, plus the fact you had Oge, and then I think his daughter's name Athena, is that right? Yeah. Um, sharing their thoughts, and Athena not so much, but Oge was, uh, you know, it, the biggest thing you've heard about uh, heard about the past twenty one years is why isn't Owen Hart in the WWE Hall of Fame? And then to me, when you think about it, and no offense. And anytime you say that, you kind of mean offense. But the fact is, Coco B. Ware is in the WWE Hall of Fame. Hillbilly Jim's in the WWE Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? So it's the fact that it's not a legitimate Hall of Fame. It's it's their Hall of Fame. 
And for the company that killed Owen Hart, for his wife to be basically saying, hey, I don't want this guy in your Hall of Fame. I do, you know, his, his son, Oge, who is now a lawyer, saying the same sort of thing. It's you, you kind of get it. You kind of get the relevance behind it. So uh, they've never said anything about the National Wrestling Hall of Fame, which I do believe he was inducted in 2018. But the fact is, you kind of understand seeing this documentary. But the fact is, I mean, I'll never forget. And I, I didn't order the pay-per-view that night. But in 1999 and I was online, it was the days of Merck. So M-I-R-C, you know what I mean? You're on the, the wrestling chat rooms and you're hearing about this stuff. And all of a sudden, you're like Owen Hart's dead. And it's like, fuck you. Yeah, right. He's dead. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden, next thing you know, you go into uh, a little more detail as far as other chat rooms go, because the internet wasn't as big back then. And then next thing you know, you see wrestling websites back in the day. And I'm sure Larry Zonka was probably one of those guys, you know, a comment on this. And then next thing you know, you realize CNN's commenting on it, CBC's commenting on it. It's like, holy crap. So I ordered the replay and the replay had shown everything that the, uh, the first show had shown. And obviously they didn't show anything at all, but what got to me the most last night was all the reports of the blood in the ring being from a hardcore match that had spilled out because of two other guys in that ring. And then when you see the police photos from the Martha Hart and the documentary last night, and you see that was actually Owen Hart's blood that was in that ring that you could see visible during the whole entire pay-per-view. Um, you know, that kind of, it, it kind of got to me, you know, it's one of those things that's, you know, you could go 21 years, you could go 40 years, 50 years, the fact is, May 23rd, 1999 is always going to remain relevant uh, as a wrestling fan in the wrestling business. And the fact is, I mean, um, the biggest thing is, should have the show have continued? And some of the comments I've heard was, you're in shock. You don't know what to do. Um, one of the things I've been hearing about the past couple of days is they should have shut the arena down, kicked out the fans. Uh, police investigation, there was there was a guy that was killed that night beyond the wrestling business. You know what I mean? So, um I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but the fact is, um, you know, rest in peace, Owen. It's uh, and and the other thing that I saw last night was the uh, the you know that that clip, so to speak. Um, you know, uh, six pounds of pressure would have released that thing. Uh, Owen was like two twenty, two thirty, and to me, that's that's. I'm sorry, Vince McMahon. That's fucking bullshit. You know, and uh, anyways, that's uh, that's all I can say about that. Yeah, you hit on a couple of things that I was going to uh, talk about and uh, also asked uh, Jonesy about because uh, when I asked if you'd seen the episode uh, both Maloney and uh, Stephen had said yes but Jonesy had shook his head no but I did say that we watched it together when it happened live so thinking back to that day Chris what do you think about where it went from that day to possibly even now 21 years later and you're hearing what we're talking about, uh, some of the things that came out, that they even uh, were wrestling on broken boards. So what do you remember that, uh, Jonesy, and uh, your thoughts about it 21 years later? Uh, for me, it's always – it. to me, it's very similar to when um, uh, the other heart member there died uh, – uh, can't remember his name – the other one that died just before a, um, a pay-per-view and at the beginning of the pay-per-view they came on and said uh, Brian Pillman and when the Owen Hart thing happened it was very similar that even now today it seems unreal because it happened live uh, I agree that 
the show goes on and I think they did the right thing by having it go on and everything that happened with that harness uh, some of that technology was a little newer back then than it is now and as soon as that happened if anything good came out of that is that safety measures were increasingly improved after that and most um, uh, uh, concerts and that did not allow that for a few weeks until they knew exactly what happened. Uh, I would imagine now there probably isn't a quick release styled like that because it's again, obviously something went wrong and, uh, and it, it's tragic as far as own heart in the hall of fame personally. No, I don't, I don't, I personally don't think he belongs in there. Neither does Coke or a lot of them. Uh, the problem with the hall of fame is they need to have sections. They need to have the heavyweight section and then the mid card and lower card, because a lot of those guys like, I'm sorry, a guy like Brooklyn Brawler deserves to be in there more than Owen Hart because he, yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, what, what he put over a lot of guys, he has a lot of talent. He had to do a lot of different things. Owen didn't even really want to be in the wrestling business as bad as a lot of his other family members. He enjoyed it, but he, he thought uh, before that happened, about leaving the business. Uh, I just, I don't see Owen Hart. He became more famous because he died. If he did not die, I don't think a lot of people would be saying, hey, he needs to be in the Hall of Fame. I, I just, to me, the Hall of Fame is the big players, not the smaller players that, yes, they had some good matches and that, but they didn't change the business. Owen Hart didn't change the business. Yeah, well, I was... so uh, hold on, hold on, Jonesy. D d so, <laughs> uh, fisticuffs are off, or, or handcuffs are off, or whatever the case. Are you fucking kidding me? Brawler over Owen Hart? Yeah. Wow. Oh, this. I, I, this, I don't think this could be a whole twelve-hour. <laughs> this could be a whole twelve-hour show. I tell you that much. Okay, hold on. Think of the career that both of them had as far as longevity. Think of the duties that Brooklyn Brawler had and what he had to do. To me, he is just as what? important as Owen Hart was. Owen Hart was always a middle carter. I'm sorry, he was a middle carter. Even when he went for the belt against Brett, which honestly, I think they should have let him win. But he, he, wasn't, he wasn't making them buckets of money. And what they were playing Brawler was probably a lot less than that what they were playing playing the heart. To me, it's it's again, guys like Brawler and some of those jobbers to me are just as important. Without them guys, guys like Owen Hart would have never got over. You guys ever <laughs> see those well. Frankenstein things with the, the the puffs coming out of the ears? That is That's what's fine. going on with me right now. I'm ready That's to arrive. <laughs> hey, remember. I will it's agree one, to disagree right it's now. It's one person's opinion. It's one and person's opinion. Is, guys, I, I'm in the middle. I think Owen Hart does deserve to have a Hall of Fame induction. I can see why the family is saying no at the same time. 
And it was brought up by Chris Jericho. Had he lived longer, coming up after that was Chris Jericho coming, Benoit, Guerrero, Kurt Angle, and all these other guys that would have made Owen the central part. Like Owen would have been leading those guys uh, and being in that mix. The sky was the limit. Unfortunately, Owen did have that chunk of time after Brett left and before he died where he was floundering because they didn't know what to do with him in a cartoon world where, and also the uh, way they were boosting up the um, adult content and he still wanted to be uh, the family values. And so you even saw uh, during that uh, dark side of the ring, Martha was saying, he kept on saying no to this, no to that. Didn't want to have the affair with Deborah and be in between uh, Jeff Jarrett and Deborah and make it seem as though he was cheating on his wife. He had family values, but if he'd been able to live and see the guys like Kurt Angle and all that, maybe then Jones would be a little more convinced that he deserves the Hall of Fame. And to support Jonesy's uh, Brooklyn Brawler comment, though, the guy was had a very long career with WWE. He was, at one point, the gatekeeper to future superstars. That's why you saw Brooklyn Brawler going against Warrior, going against the different guys on superstars. If they uh, made it past the Brooklyn Brawler and got his seal of approval, then they got to move up the card and actually have storylines. But uh, he was the measuring stick. Like, we end up eventually seeing guys like Sean Morley being that way and X-Pac. If they could get through them, then they got to raised up. So to Chris's point, there is a reason to say, yes, Steve Lombardi could deserve a uh, induction because of all the characters he did, what he meant to the company, because even behind the scenes, he was helping people with cutting their promos, and he helped elevate people even if he was considered by most people on screen as a jobber. Well, in, in Owen Hart for many years was a jobber. He was just a higher class jobber. Until they yeah, finally allowed uh, him to yeah, boost up and Brett unselfishly uh, let, put Owen over at WrestleMania 10 on his way to getting the uh, championship from Yokozuna. So, to a certain extent, yeah, like that was a brother trying to help his uh, brother out. And 94 was an awesome year for. Uh... <laughs> it was hey, an awesome hold year on, for hold on, hold on. Why didn't you put that up last week when he was saying stuff about Sonny? Okay. No, hold on. That's the, that's the uh, that's fantasy that's warfare. So everybody's entitled to their opinion of that. Yeah. I'm entitled to my own opinion. Fucking hijacked I... show, I tell you. I don't. Daniel hey, Coker says, "Hi, happy birthday, Sean." No Brooklyn Brawler comment there. Thank it you. Doesn't, it doesn't mean I'm right. It just means that's my opinion. That's it. Uh, and uh, there is support for it. Um, also, you uh, did put up that uh, John said they felt bad for Jr. Uh, having to update with only ten seconds to process the fact that Owen had passed away and then needed to uh, give it out to the audience. Oh. I so, would think, I would think Jim, Jim Ross knew that he was dead because when Jerry Lawler came back, you could just tell Jerry knew what was going to happen. Because he was, 
for me, Jerry was in the toughest spot because he had to go in that ring and then come down and talk to JR. No, so it was an he JR said that on the episode last Tuesday. He didn't know until he he Kevin Dunn said, Do you know the update or something? And yeah, but I think he knew because again, you look at what Jerry Lawler how he he said it's not good. You could just tell. I mean, great then you knew something was was severely wrong. Yeah, because he was after uh he fell. Jerry was the one who nudged Jr. about it, and then Jerry got into the ring. And uh, I think I recall uh, the fact that Jerry had actually held Owen's head at one point, uh, but they still ended up getting him to the back. Um, during that uh, podcast that I uh, mentioned with Connor Thompson, uh, the guys ended up saying that there was uh, EMTs on site to be part of a skit later on or a match. And so they were trying to figure out how to what to do with Owen and everything. And apparently it was uh, The Rock who said, no, guys, get him out of here and into an ambulance and uh, on their way to the hospital. And then it was a doctor who called uh, Martha to say, sorry, but he unfortunately couldn't do it uh, any better and bring him back and uh, pronounced him dead. So uh, if you haven't gotten a chance to uh, see episode 10. I definitely recommend seeing that. Go back and watch uh, some of the other episodes, episodes from season one, and we're still waiting on an announcement for anything for season three. If there was a season three, is there anything you guys would like to see them try to tackle as part of an episode of Dark Side of the Ring? The sale of WCW to WWE. Just... I'm sure there is so much that we don't know about behind the scenes that I think would be quite interesting because I think there's a lot more to that story than from the failed Eric Bischoff purchase to it being sold for pennies on the dollar. I think that would be – there's got to be stuff that we don't know about yet about that sale. Yeah, well, a lot of it also uh, was entailed with the uh, mergers that Ted Turner kept on doing with AOL and Time Warner and everything and losing power, and they were dead set against having wrestling on their network. Regardless of Eric uh, doing anything, he would have needed to find a TV deal somewhere to make it viable. But, yeah, there's that one. Interesting backstory. Mm Mm-hmm. I'd also uh, say even the uh, passing of Miss Elizabeth and the uh, uh, circumstances with her relationship with uh, even Randy leading uh, to eventually her relationship with Lex Luger. Anybody else? Uh, China WWF zero trial with Vince McMahon, the fact that Brian Pillman. I mean, you can go on and on and on as far as uh, uh, stuff in wrestling that um, they've never talked about. You know what I mean? Uh, How much have they actually talked about Brian Pillman passing away? You know, stuff like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then you said the uh, steroid child. That one uh, would be uh, good to see. Uh, I thought of another one that was on Donahue with the, uh, uh, I guess, the sexual assaults or whatever uh, that happened with Pat Patterson being accused, but it was actually the ring announcer um, 
there was a whole episode of Donahue that happened with and, that. Yeah, and one and one of the killer bees was on that. You can yeah. still find you can still find it on YouTube. Yeah, so it'd be uh, nice to see what they uh, pull out for season three. Uh, I think uh, the franchise proved that people want to see, it, especially in this uh, environment of staying home documentaries regardless of it being dark side of the ring tiger king or the last dance and the last ride people are watching the behind the scenes stuff as opposed to action so i i hope they do have a season three they could do a whole show on how the uh the inability to get roman reigns over (laughs) (laughs) oh shade it's getting shady in here Well, I guess that's an interesting uh, way to segue uh, to the next topic. Um, Earlier this week, Lufisto came forward with some, I guess, uh, remarks or like definitely a statement about um, what footage has been used uh, with. Uh, their matches in uh, CZW, and apparently their company is owned by also a soft uh, por- uh, soft uh, core porn uh, distributor, and they've taken some of the women's matches and events and reissued them under different titles, such as Top Heavy and uh, Cat Fights and everything. I think Chris is bringing up the uh, announcement or the statement by Lufisto. So if we want to look back on that first. Do you want to play that? Yeah, you can play that in just a moment. And we'll uh, – CZW had a response along with some other uh, female talent uh, giving their feelings on the whole situation too. So, Chris? My name is Genevieve Goulet, and I've been working as Lufisto for the past 25 years. I am a very proud professional wrestler. I've always defended women's right in professional wrestling, and I will do so until I die. I don't know if you guys are aware, but lately, CZW Combat Zone Wrestling has been promoting us as softcore porn actresses. I am a professional wrestler. I'm not a cat fighter. I'm not a sweaty girl getting involved in dirty fights. And although, yes, I am top-heavy and a very proud bottom-heavy girl, nothing gives them the right to promote me as such. That's not what I signed up for. I am a professional athlete, and I should be treated as such. So are my colleagues. When I did contact CCW about the issue, I was told that the footage was sold to a third party that wanted to promote us as such. And that CCW couldn't do anything about it. Apparently they tried, which I think is total bullshit. When I mentioned to them that it was already very hard for us to deal with the creepy messages we get, the dick pics, borderline like harassment that we get daily from people who think that professional women wrestlers are actually um, porn stars or that are available for sexual favors. They just brushed it off saying, ah, guys get that too. 
Well, the fact that a promotion we put our trust in is actually promoting us as such is not helping. You are part of the problem. We've been trying so hard for so many years to be taken seriously. There was such an evolution when it comes to women wrestling. And you, by doing that, by allowing that and doing nothing, because I will, you have to remember, your name is on the brand. So don't give me a bullshit answer that you can't do nothing about this and that you tried. If you really cared about the women athletes who broke their back and bled for you, you would actually try a little bit harder. It's not bad enough that some of our matches end up on porn site without a consent. Now somebody we trusted with her name, images, and hope that they're going to promote good women professional wrestling is doing that is disrespectful and disgraceful. What's really sad about all this is that Combat Zone Wrestling is where I grew up as a competitor and where intergender wrestling was taken seriously. This is where I've been the first woman to enter the cage of death. It also where I've won the CCW Ironman Championship, the only woman who ever held CCW gold. What happened? Today, completely different? Looks like the John Zandig days are long gone. I'm very sorry I had to come up to this, but obviously my messages didn't do anything. So hopefully this video will wake up someone. To all the women wrestlers working for WSU or CCW, just be aware that they don't give a shit about you as a professional athlete, as long as they can sell your ass and your tits. Just be aware of that. It is very disappointing. Hopefully this message changes things. Or not. Oh well. Thank you. So yeah, as you just heard uh, LaFisto uh, say what all is going on. CZW's uh, response was two years ago... CZW entered into a licensing agreement with a national media distributor to license CZW and WSU footage. That company is the right to utilize the footage without limitation. They have repackaged and renamed uh, shows as it is their right to do so. Our athletes, regardless of gender, are just that, athletes, whom uh, we are proud, and, uh, proud of and appreciate. We stand behind the ring action of all our footage so they're kind of washing their hands of the whole thing saying hey we have this footage it got sold whatever happens uh, to it afterwards is not our problem now this obviously is very exploitive of the uh, women that have wrestled at ccw um even jordan grace ended up um, issuing a statement and she said that she's certain uh, i never Sign an agreement giving you the right to sell my intellectual property, nor did any of the women you're blatantly disrespecting. Or how about uh, you told us uh, you, would, you wouldn't book us unless uh, you wouldn't fuck us. 
it's about time the harassment gets exposed. And actually, that was from uh, Kimberly, uh, who tweeted that one. Uh, Trish Parker, who's Jordan Grace, she said, and uh, you were sued for licensing footage of women who didn't consent uh, to being presented as softcore porn uh, stars. I guess there's also accusations that uh, they wouldn't get booked unless they shared a hotel room with uh, the management of uh, CZW and cuddled with them, not necessarily having sex, but this whole thing, putting out footage and whether it's the women and you kind of wonder if the guys are uh, being exploited in that way too. Is it being sold off as gay porn uh, to a male demographic if they're selling the women's uh, footage? But if they're not, which is great for the guys that that's not happening, but the disrespect that's happening to the women definitely needs to stop. I know I personally, if I saw CCW coming uh, in the area, I probably won't uh, buy a ticket to support them, but I do applaud the women who stood up to uh, say no more. And your thoughts on this, guys? Start off with Jonesy. Without being able to see the contract, uh, I mean, I can't. I can't comment on that part except ZZW should have at least said. We will look into, as far as our distributor, that we don't want that happening anymore. Something to that point, because it could it could be that they've sold it to someone else and they can do whatever they want. Um, and unfortunately, women wrestlers and women in general will always have to deal with being put on the sex side more than men. It's it's unfortunately the way it is. It can be changed, but it's gonna take a lot more time. Uh, in ZZW, I do like it, but I don't take it as one of the more serious promotions out there. Uh, a lot of it is garbage wrestling. Uh, I do like a lot of it, uh, and they bring in some great stars, but if you're if you're looking for me to further your career, don't go to ZZW. Because I mean, they promote a lot of blood, guts, hate, and stuff like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they did this type of stuff. So it's also a bad choice of who you're wrestling for. If you want to be put on a certain, you know, equal with guys and stuff like that which I don't think is ever going to happen, unfortunately, for the women. I do think they can be just as entertaining as the men. But it, it, it that, that's my opinion. I can babble on, but... It's all good. Uh, Baloney, your thoughts? There is not enough time in the day for me to basically go on about this. So um, as you guys saw, basically, Sean, as you're finishing up with the, the topic there, Lufisto shirt in my hand... Um, I, had the, I had the honor of interviewing her back in 2006. Um, we touched base with her at, what was it, Palisade London North back in, what was it, 2013, I want to say? Further back than that. It was the uh, uh, same time as that uh, HWF or debacle that happened at the uh, Ukrainian club. 
Yeah, so that would have been yeah. That so that was 2013. Uh, we got to meet her and um, Leah Vaughn. Uh, you know, um, think, uh, yeah, two cold Scorpio as well. The thing I will say about this is the fact is Lufisto has been uh, the staple of Ontario Canadian women's wrestling here in Canada. Uh, when you mentioned CZW. Um, she is the one name that comes to mind when you mention females in that promotion. If CZW had any kind of, let me say this, if they had any knowledge about this, what she's talking about, fuck them, fuck their promotion, shut them down, see you later, thanks for the memories, goodbye. Um, Lufisto, for everything that she has been dealing with the past couple of years, including cancer, uh, weight gain, weight loss, uh, potentially retiring from wrestling, um, last summer when I was at the Met in Toronto watching the women's show, um, also watching her being a replacement, I think, for Tony Storm, who was unable to compete in night two. Um, the fact is she came out, she, people marked out for her, people know who the hell she is. And I know, Sean, you had the um, the privilege to pick up and drive her and, and get to know Lufisto a little bit with Jordan Grace uh, during the Comic-Con. But uh, like I said, to CZW, if any of this was to their knowledge, fuck them, fuck their promotion, see you later. Um, I will be a Lefisto fan for life, I tell you that much. Yeah, according to their statements, they definitely knew what was going on and are just like, yep, whatever. Yeah, you worked it, we sold it, we got the money, and essentially it seems like they don't have any uh, scruples at all. Steven, your thoughts? Well, I was a big CZW fan for the longest time when they came to, and I saw them versus smash in London, we saw MJF, you know, who's obviously gone on to bigger and better things. We seen, I want to say the team name was the rep. It's a tag team and they were good, but I mean, I'm not a garbage fan wrestling like fan, so they can go fuck themselves. And yet you're a fan of Jim Cornette. Oh, we're not going there right now. <laughs> we are agreeing on a couple things. The fucking Brooklyn Brawler thing and CZW. Now you want to go to Jim Cornette? You really want to go there before we're going to talk about AEW? Really? Look at how he took defense to that right away, eh? I think there's a heel turn coming. Uh-oh. <laughs> Fuck, I'm going to scream at Chris. I'm sure of it soon. <laughs> Which one? It might be Sean's show tonight, but let's look at that boot option. Don't forget that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, hopefully in the end uh, something gets corrected with this whole thing because it's just utterly ridiculous that uh, they've been uh, exploited like this, whether it's uh, Kimberly, LaFisco, Jordan Grace, any of the women. I think uh, Casey Spinelli even worked there. Um yeah, there's a number of women that worked there and legitimately wanted to put on a good show, not be exploited as cat fighters and for their uh, different sizes or the size of their breasts and asses. Like, that was Diva's era, really, if you're going to go there. But we're not in that era, and it should never have been uh, treated that way anyway, especially right now and the whole Me Too movement going on. Um, you did mention, Stephen, that we're going to go on to AEW. 
I'm sorry. I'm not drunk enough. I'm sorry. It, it is uh, the weekend of Double or Nothing. It's happening this Saturday. I, I'm not. I don't know if I'm going to be able to buy it or not. It is funny uh, uh, off, but it is Double or Nothing on pay per view, empty arena at uh, Daly's place in Jacksonville, Florida, the home of the Jacksonville Jaguars, owned by Tony Tony Khan and. Uh, Let's get real. Oh, true. And Tony's getting to live his dream through daddy's wallet. But it is happening regardless of you wanting it to or not. So we're going to run down the card and match at a time. Thoughts on it? Who you think is going to win? And uh, we'll finish up with the announcement of uh, the uh, shirt and poster and everything that's going to be happening with that. So on the pre-show. Hold on. Are we talking about the shit from last night that I I watched because I thought we were going to talk about it? No, we're going to avoid what will happen. Okay. Cool. I wasted my night last night to watch that yeah. shit. Well, some of it will be relevant. No. Right? At least you watched it because it's leading up to what's happening. We're just going to run down the matches that happened because we saw Jake Roberts last night in a confrontation with Iron Anderson some really uh, crazy bumps happening off ladders during the uh, Orange Cassidy thing and the brawl that happened in the uh, football stadium with the elite and inner circle uh, leading into the matches. But the opening match on the uh, buy-in is going to be Private Party taking on Best Friends. And this is going to be a number one contendership match for the AEW Tag Team titles, which is currently held by Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. Thoughts on who's going to come out with the number one contendership? Dark Order. <laughs> Can only wish. I don't care. Two useless tag teams. Next. Maloney. So what match are we on? Private party against best friends for the number one contendership to the tag team titles. Oh, the pre-show. Pre-show. The buy-in. All right. I got to go best friends in this one. No reason why, just best friends. Uh, they're on an undefeated streak. Anyways, uh, Jonesy, any thoughts? Don't care. Okay. Thank you, Jonesy. Jonesy with an imaginary coin toss for anybody listening on audio right now. Yeah. I, and, well, last night there was a uh, – uh, Sean Spears news segment and he announced that Dustin Rhodes has retired but then oddly enough challenged Dustin Rhodes to a match at uh, Double or Nothing as JR said why not as opposed to the tagline with WD for Edge and Orton being the greatest match ever this one's why not so Dustin versus Sean Spears who do you have um, Spears for the win simply because of the fact that I want to see him elevated, especially with the TNT Championship, Stephen, uh, on its way. Stephen, your thoughts? Dark Order. <laughs> no, I... Uh, 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 ten? Fuck. Who got his arm broken last night by... Yeah, I'm sure fucking useless, dumb, stupid show that I watch. Um, I'm going to assume Sean Spears, but... Because it's Cody Rhodes' brother, who knows? I'm hoping Sean Spears, but fuck. These people don't know what the fuck they're doing, so I don't know anymore. 
It's the second year in a row that Spears has gone against a member of the Rhodes family, and they seem to have dropped the, his search for a tag team partner. Maybe that's what Tully Blanchard's been doing is hunting that tag team partner for Sean Spears. I watched that fucking news segment yesterday. Could they make him look any stupider? No, probably not. Jonesy, are you watching AEW at all? No, I am Good. not. Good, don't waste your time. So I'm going to unfortunately go with the uh, well, fortunately, unfortunately, I'm going to go with Sean Spears. I have a huge mark for uh, Dustin Rhodes, uh, but yeah, I'm going Sean Spears. Um, obviously, I think it's going to be uh, private, private party taking the loss in the pre-show. Um, last night, Doctor Britt Baker got injured during their tag team match, so she may or may not be going against Chris Statlander. If this match goes on, Statlander or Britt Baker. Match isn't happening. I'm going to say that now. Apparently, she had a, a right knee injury that was kind of uh, severe, so can't see the match yeah, happening. Were... So, Steven's going to say Dark Order Jones. Uh, no, I'm going to say it's a double DQ. <laughs> I don't see the match happening, but I mean, you really think I'm going to take an alien? You really think I'm going to take a girl who I... thinks. Alien. I was going to say, does the alien get a match if uh, the dentist doesn't come? Oh, fucking probably Mar Marvin the Martian is going to show up on this AEW fucking show. Fuck. Oh, you're most naughty, naughty humans. You've destroyed the space modulator. Therefore, kick Dustin in the nuts. At least that would be entertaining. You sound entertaining. The shit I watched yesterday. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> so, yeah, I... If if Breaker does make it, I do see her picking up the victory. But uh, with that knee injury and having to uh, put uh, the match that happened last night into uh, make it up as you go mode, uh, yeah, it, it's highly doubtful that it'll happen. Uh, speaking of the other half of that uh, tag team match, the women's championship is on the line as the current champ, Nyla Rose, is defending against Hikura Shida who's been the number one contender for like 11 weeks uh, and is now finally getting her title shot. Is the title change or does it uh, stay on the uh, champion? Dark order. Um, I, I assume. They don't, they don't have a woman. Fuck. Did you watch Tan wrestle? Pretty sure they do. Um <laughs> I'm a hateful asshole. I know that you're welcome all. Uh, I'm going to assume Nyla Rose, but fuck, who knows? It's a no disqualification, no fucking count out, horseshit match. But because Nyla Rose won yesterday, it's probably going to be Sheeta. But Sheeta did put uh, Rose through a table. Oh, who? Uh... So you think the title's going to remain? Uh, Chris, your thoughts, Maloney? I go Sheeta. If they, if they honestly don't put the title on Sheeta, what the hell is the sense of building her up? I saw something like he, she's been the um, women's number one contender for like eleven weeks in a row or something like that. So yeah. it's, uh, even with that loss to uh, you know last night, the fact is, if they don't do it now, what the hell is the sense of even having a women's title? So yeah, I know I'm a fan of Sheeta as well, but it's unfortunate. I do think they're going to try and keep uh, the native beast. Uh, strong, uh, regardless of what people are thinking with 
somebody transgender holding a title or not. Um, so then we get into some of the bigger matches. Well, not necessarily. MJF taking on uh, Jungle Boy, or as JR calls him, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Uh, what do you got going on with that? At least these two are entertaining. These two, there's three people in AEW that I want to watch. Uh, four, I guess. Uh, Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, J- uh, Jungle Boy. Not that horseshit, especially after last night. And uh, MJF, who's probably the best wrestler under 30 right now. I would agree. But so you're, who are you going with? I'm going to say MJF, but it's going to be with the ring. It's going to be the a cheap shot with the ring on the hand. And, and someone and uh, Luchasaurus? Oh, yeah. That's, that's I think uh, Luchasaurus or Wardlow screws Luchasaurus out of the uh, fucking climb a ladder for a Chip, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Maloney, your thoughts on uh, the MJF Jungle Boy match? So here's my take, and this is future, but the fact is I see Jungle Boy eventually going heel. Um, I think he beats MJF in this one, uh, simply because of the fact that MJF thinks he's unstoppable. The fact is he gets beat by fucking Jungle Boy, of all people. Uh, so the fact is... MJF takes a loss, feud continues, eventually heel turn by, uh, uh, like I said, Jungle Boy, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. But uh, not right away, uh, three, four months, we'll see Jungle Boy take the heel turn. Um, but I think this sets up for Jungle Boy to eventually, I, I, I'm going to say this right now, align with MJF down the future. So, uh, But for tomorrow night, oh, I get not tomorrow night, uh, Saturday night, uh, yeah, Saturday night, uh, Jungle Boy with the win. I'm going with MJF. Uh... He's one top uh, guys, as Stephen said, under 30. And, uh, yeah, he's been undefeated and probably going to go for a title shot uh, soon. Hey, Jones, in relevance to back in the day, it'd be uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper taking on Jim Runzel. Who's your pick? Piper. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then, as Stephen mentioned, there's – going to be their casino uh, ladder match uh, for a future AEW uh, World Championship match. Basically, the same month as Money in the Bank, they're going to do their own Money in the Bank, but don't call it WWE, uh, except for they're going to be climbing a ladder for a big poker chip and only have people coming out two at one point and then every 30 seconds or something until all nine are out there. Currently, there's Darby Allen, Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Frankie Kazarian, Luchasaurus, and a yet-to-be-named competitor, which could be anybody that I don't think anybody from WWE has uh, been cleared yet from their 90 days. So it It'll could be, be the natural. Could It'll be. be the natural Dustin Rhodes. He'll come out and win that match. Ah, that's who you're going to say is the TV announced? That, that's thinking- who I'm going to say. With what they did last night, it could be Jimmy Havoc. Though, of course, Ray Phoenix might be dead after the uh, bump that he took last night. He almost looked like he basically spiked himself onto the floor because he missed his uh, tope suicida. No, he did a springboard and then flip 
into a pile that didn't catch him properly. Um, so, guys, who do you think is going to win the poker chip for a future title shot? Maloney? So it was 14 monkey flips into 14 screws into, um, you know, uh, from the McDonald's sign across the way to the Wendy's sign. You know, <laughs> anyway, Phoenix said he's, he's going to be in that match no matter what. But, uh, yeah, it's um, uh, hopefully he, he recovers. Uh, I mean, he's Mexican. The fact is he's, he's tough. Um, my guess, uh, and, and this is, I guess, WWE booking and AEW. I'm going to say Scorpio Sky just from the way they've been uh, promoting him the past couple months. Steven? I'd assume Darby Allen, but it's gonna be it's gonna be someone stupid as that surprise guy. It's gonna be probably the guy with no legs that was in that first battle royal, you know, way back a year ago. Or fucking Marco Stunt's gonna win it because it's gonna be something stupid, and I'm gonna be pissed. Billy Gunn. Oh fuck. Do you wake up in the morning and the first words out of your mouth are like, oh fuck? <laughs> yeah, usually. Usually, uh, I would hope it's Darby Allen or Scorpio Sky because those at least are legitimate people I could watch. You also forgot Colt Cabana's in the stupid match, and it's going to be stupid because they can't just do – at least they had a unique battle royal the last year when they had the 5-5-5. Five, five, five. But they're going to do something retarded, and I'm going to end up being pissed. So I'm going to assume Scorpio Sky or Darby Allen, but. Yeah, those would be the uh, two that, <laughs> those would be the two that I would go for and hope for, uh, especially Darby Allen. Like he, he's so close to beating Cody and getting to that next level. And hopefully maybe that poker chip is what uh, does it for him. And he could trade it in actually for a skateboard instead of carrying that around depending on if they had to carry around like the uh, money in the bank briefcase. Can, now, can you take that poker chip and just go to the casino and go all in on plaid? Lose $200 uh, in like half an hour? What's that? Well, he, he's, he's talking about gambling. Yeah. So true story, I, I did watch Jones lose about $200 in Niagara Casino in about half an hour. Uh, t- uh, $240, and I believe it was 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> It happens. It just happens. Hey, it's better than losing all of Tony Khan's money. So you would gamble that poker chip to lead to a $30,000 championship. (laughs) uh, Anyways, common sense. Well, it's only only an AEW championship. Thank you. (laughs) But it means the world because up next, as I was going to just say, John Moxley tries to get back his championship, even though he's still the champion, from Brody Lee, the exalted one and leader of the Dark Order. Thankfully, I guess, in a way, he's there since Uno and Grayson can't be. But, yeah, they sacrificed 10 the other day to get his arm broken by Moxley, and they walked out on him. Uh, Moxley retained, or Brody Lee, your new champ? I'll be about four or five beers deep about this point. So uh, as long as it's a good match, who who cares? Because it's going to be a brawl. You know that. Um, My interesting point is going to be where they go after Moxley wins this and who takes the title off of Moxley. That's that's what I'm wondering. You think so? They need somebody finally from uh, not WWE to be competing for that title. 
What about, Joe, what, about, title, what about Jones running? Who? Yo, Jones, that guy who's like right below you on the screen. Oh. Uh, you've known the guy since what, 1990s, probably? Yeah. So I, I, I'd sooner it? see Jones. I'd sooner see Jones as AEW champion than fucking MJF. I, I could do it. I'd probably be blown up after the match, but I could definitely do it. He's about the same size as Marco Stunt. No, Marco Stunt, I shit bigger things than Marco Stunt. Hey, 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 I put on some weight. I'm actually, I think, at my heaviest I've ever been. Oh, hold back. Steven, your thoughts on the AEW championship? We're losing control. Uh, hey, you say it with that fucking Hawaiian shirt over there. This is another dumb match. I'm assuming that Brody Lee is going to lose because he stole the title. But fucking who knows? Fuck. Did they kick Grayson and Uno out yesterday or yesterday too? It sounded like it. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Why the fuck are they doing stupid? And did I forget to say stupid ass shit? Good question. Sorry, I couldn't hear it's, you. Yeah. It's don't call me WWE. It, that's, it's exactly what it is. It's WWE minus the production and, you know, the stuff. Fuck. It's bad. They fucking had a child wrestle MJF. Like a three-year-old. Uh, child. Like a nine-year-old against MJF. Let's not. Um, Moxley retaining. Hopefully he eventually gets into a fight uh, with somebody who is not a uh, a former WWE talent. Uh, so, yeah. Then we got two matches left. The Stadium Stampede with Matt Hardy and the Elite, which is Kenny Omega, Adam Page, Matt and Nick Jackson taking on the Inner Circle, Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, and Santana and Ortiz. Uh, apparently there's going to be a ring at the 50-yard line, but... They don't necessarily have to use that because they can go all over the place and falls count anywhere. So they're going to have to have probably at least five different refs just to see what's going on. Like I don't know. Does Sammy Guevara get at least run over by a golf cart again? Who? What side's going to win this one? Dark or... <laughs> and did we see a new Vanguard fight better than the fucking... Rest that shit that was on yesterday. These people don't know what they're doing. Yeah, they're making Kenny look really bad. For a guy who has been labeled the best in the world for everything he did over in Japan and being an executive producer over in AEW, he's not living up to the moniker. Did you see him throw that small-ass garbage can at them? Hey, stop. Stop it. Like it was bad. That these people don't know what they're doing. He fucking he Kenny Omega. I actually could watch his matches in Japan. Chris, you cannot and say that. And they're still playing up the distension with Adam Page uh, with the Young Bucks and where he's sitting with Kenny. Um, yeah, for some reason, I I see you going inner circle. Uh, on this one, but uh, Maloney, your thoughts? Um, so first of all, Stephen, fuck you. Uh, Omega is always going to be God. Stupid. <laughs> Secondly, this, as far as this match goes, 
we will see another golf cart play into it. You, you know what's going to happen. Um, thirdly, fact is, as much as I love Omega, I see Inner Circle going over. The fact is, there's too much dissension as far as the elite goes. Um, Matt Hardy is just, you know, that, that fifth wheel, so to speak. But um, you still have the issues with Hangman Page that you see. Obviously, you saw play out last night, um, him walking away from the group. But um, it's uh, he's got mixed emotions right now. But the fact is, it's, it's only a matter of time before <clears throat> we see true... Um, you know, feud between him and Omega, and then obviously him and uh, Matt Jackson, the way that that plays out. So, but uh, inner circle for the win tomorrow night, or sorry, uh, Saturday night. And of course, Stephen's favorite part uh, time of the show, they what is probably going to be the main event because they want to say that the TNT title is on the same line as the AEW championship. It's going to be presented by Hello 1998 called. <laughs> Mike Tyson, don't call us WWE because we got Mike Tyson uh, here either. But Mike Tyson's going to present the title. Sting may was supposed to be uh, rumored to be doing that, but the TNT Championship will be decided finally between Cody, who will have Brandy and Arn uh, in his corner, taking on the Murder Hawk Monster. So many uh, monikers there. Lance Archer, who will have Jake the Snake Roberts with him. Who's going to be the first TNT champion? Steven? Archer. Uh, uh, Jonesy's going Archer? Yep. I'm agreeing with Jonesy. I got to go Archer as well. Oh, fuck. I was more interested in Arn Anderson and Jake Snake Robert yesterday than this match. Um, I'm going to assume it's going to be Cody Rhodes. Only because if he doesn't win something, I'm sure they'll be. <sighs> Do these people know what they're doing? Like, I'm not sure. Yeah, because like they keep on wanting to say uh, also that they don't want to be in the same position as say Triple H and all that, putting the titles on themselves, and so that's probably why Cody hasn't won the AEW Championship and put in that stipulation that if he had lost that one match, he wasn't going to be able to fight for it. And now all of a sudden there's this new title that he can fight for and be the number one contender uh, with. But I think he's going to screw himself again and come up looking like a failure. And that's going to lead to more storyline. And as both Chris said, Lance Archer is going to be the uh, champion. But that's just another fucking, oh, fuck. Oh, these guys are morons. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying the way they're doing their stories and uh, the way they are, uh, Cody's presenting himself, and then he's going to be like, oh, should I be on the management side or should I be a wrestler? And what's going on? Does Arn Anderson turn on them? Who knows? But that's where I see things ending. And instead of sending the – well, there's no fans, but sending people home happy – or turning off their TV happy, you're going to have Jake with uh, Lance Archer holding that championship. I mean, fuck. At least they could have held off on this stupid stadium match and had Cody Rhodes in there instead of fucking Matt Hardy. At least then it kind of makes sense when they were going to do the uh, what the fuck were they going to call their War Games match. Blood and Guts, because that's a dumbass name. Um, yeah, it's a part name? Nevada, but... Blood and Guts, that was the name of an old TNA uh, pay-per-view, wasn't it? 
Oh, yeah, I, I, that doesn't surprise me. It's let's take as much as we can from WCW, WWE, TNA. These people are a bunch of fucking morons. I assume that Cody or that either if Brady Rhodes or Arn Anderson are going to or fucking DDP probably is going to turn on. No, I will not let it go. This fucking I try to watch it every week because I think, oh, fuck, they have some really good talent and these fucking morons don't know what they're doing. Actually, I can see Brandy uh, turning because they did abruptly drop that whole craziness that she was doing. But then when she had that uh, thing about uh, the comment she had towards Jake Roberts and there was even that mix-up that happened during Cody's, uh, I think, semifinal match with Darby Allen. wouldn't surprise me if she aligned herself and went back to that nightmare family craziness that they dropped all of a sudden. Oh, I, I expect it to be dumb, but I'm assuming Cody should win, but I don't. All right, so time for uh, Maloney to hijack the show. Uh, so Brandy Rhodes is hot. We'll leave it at that. Um, so, <laughs> well, I've no, I'm almost done though. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, long story short, uh, AWW for a double or nothing. Uh, Eight o'clock on Saturday on uh, Fight as well as VR Live, and then the uh, pre-show um, takes place 7 p.m. usually on YouTube and stuff like that. So um, before Sean gets into his scumbag stuff. Here we go. Questions with Sean. Did you, did you? We had some music. Um, so first question from last week is I, what, what I want to know. So Sean's such a huge fan of Randy Macho Man Savage. So a lot of people know Birthday Boy um, became a fan of wrestling when Savage hit Steamboat with the with the bell. What, what was it? The bell? Is that right? Yeah. So anyways, so when Hogan, who Sean despises, teamed with Savage, did it wreck Savage's credibility and your credibility as a fan for Savage? No, because Savage made Hogan, in my opinion. Relevant. Well, Savage made Hogan relevant to me, in my opinion, at that point. Oh, 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 oh. All right, as next. I said Rick. before, if Hogan showed up on the A-team promoting WrestleMania 1 and 2, I didn't like those episodes of the A-team, really. I was just tuned out as a kid who was eight or nine during those ones. But as a 10-year-old kid seeing Randy Savage break uh, Steamboat's uh, neck, loved it. And then Hogan got credibility through Savage. All right, so next question for you. If Savage hadn't picked Miss Elizabeth, who would have been the best manager for him? Well, he did have uh, Jimmy Hart down in uh, a uh, Memphis area. So either Jimmy or uh, the brain. Greatest wrestling event you've ever seen uh, up close as far as pro wrestling goes? Oh. Oh, I know. ICW Western Fair. Okay, ICW. I said pro wrestling, Jones, not fucking. That was pro wrestling. That was pro It was a Hart Hart Brothers uh, School of Wrestling. Oh, don't get me started on Hart Brothers. There's two two separate Hart Brothers. There's the one that's in Calgary. There's the one that's in Cambridge. And the one that was in Cambridge, we can go a whole fucking show talking about that shit. And it it had a future Hall of Famer on it. Edge and Christian were both there. Okay, let's talk about an arena that held more than probably a 1,000 people then. 
Oh, well, if you're going with only uh, that for more than a thousand people, then yeah, I'm going to have to go with probably WrestleMania uh, 23 in Detroit. But if you were going to uh, allow any event, I was actually going to lean towards um, the Northern Tournament of uh, 2018. Uh, David and I went to that, and it was two events in one day. So you saw 16 matches, and the first match was amazing, and it just kept on climbing to a bigger and better match. Like I couldn't believe that they could improve upon what you just saw, and it did uh, do that without a dull moment. And that would be the best indie show that I probably went to. Greatest wrestling event you've watched on pay-per-view more than 10 times over? <sighs> more than 10 times to watch the same one? I've you've seen them all these 10 times. <laughs> no, probably not. Um, I go back to WrestleMania 4 because it's Savage uh, 4 matches uh, winning the championship, and that's what I started watching uh, a lot. And people crap on uh, 4 for his presentation, but you know, you can't go wrong with a tournament like that. Greatest independent Sarah that you've met personally or professionally. <sighs> well, probably uh, Tyson. That's why he's a favorite of ours for on here. I actually wear the hoodie as a normal uh, sweater to wear, not just because I go to a wrestling show, uh, hang out over at the uh, factory so it'd probably be uh, Tyson. The year that Louisa finally becomes a real pro wrestling fan. Uh, probably never. However, Jonesy and I did get her to watch uh, Beyond the Mat. And this past weekend, I actually had her uh, sitting down watching uh, Undertaker's Last Bride, episodes one and two. Two hours straight, she sat down to watch that. So this may be, it's, it's a one-question thing, but it might go into a, a little bit further detail. Uh, greatest moment from your wedding? Well, uh, obviously the actual uh, ceremony itself. Uh, if you go beyond that, you have a mixture of two things because we had a big wedding party, and the uh, guys... Uh, during the rehearsal, we're all doing the Dan O'Brien yes, but also at the reception, father-in-law had his Palm Bay and led his uh, train, and you can just hear the laughter of Jonesy and uh, Colin and everybody through that picture just the way it came out. So, yeah, some of the top uh, moments. So you know, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to see Go him ahead, at Joe. a wrestling event. I'd like to see uh, Lou come to a wrestling event. I he think loves that would be hilarious. So a short story for everybody as fans of the show. But uh, so what happened is Sean had his bachelor party up in uh, the Goddard's location. And uh, it was a, a weekend just uh, of the guys. It was a great weekend. Um, I had brought up some Palm Bays, stuck them in the fridge. And then Sean sees his future father-in-law drinking a Palm Bay about 7 in the morning say this is good shit and all of a sudden he didn't realize it was alcoholic so um what happens is all of a sudden sean's wedding takes place and there is a good picture of sean's father-in-law leading a train with a palm bay in his hand 
I get married a couple of years later, and next thing you know, he same guy. So Sean's father-in-law leads another train. There is a video of it. The only fucking thing I had forgotten was Palm Bay. But uh, yeah, there is historic value behind Sean's father-in-law. Uh, the amazing sausage man, as I call him. Um, you know, it's and and I love to see him at a wrestling event. Give him a Palm Bay in hand, and you know, uh, marking out or yelling at guys like MJF. I think it'd be uh, hilarious. But uh, uh, what else can we ask him, Sean? Um, let me ask you this: Why the podcast? So I remember this guy about a couple of years ago, shy on the Sharpshooter podcast. All of a sudden, thinking about branching out to do this thing called Scumbags Podcast, and the next thing you know, it hits. Now he's at what 106 episodes? Is that right? This is number 106. So, what uh, future plans do you have? How much bigger do you want to make this baby of yours? Well, I am trying to figure out how many questions uh, that would be generic for everybody, mind you. But I'm thinking 40 questions with or something like that and run a gambit with different uh, stars. So, I'm just uh, working on the questions. And that is a potential uh, show that I'm thinking of. I came up with the concept uh, that we do every weekend uh, on our Patreon with, uh, yes, I saw that, John. Um, Every weekend with our Fantasy Warfare. uh, So we do that here on TNT. And hopefully people uh, subscribe to that and we get money for uh, charity. And with John's uh, comment of when Sean going to step in the ring, we when we started this TNT uh, show, I did uh, throw down a suggestion of us becoming uh, referees. There was a thought of by the time we're 45, uh, trying to make that happen. So with this being my 44th birthday, I have now exactly one year, 365 days to maybe make that happen because of our current situation that's delayed for sure. Uh, if the uh, factory reopens and everything, I did talk to Tyson about what costs were and what would be expected or what he would uh, recommend or what it would entail to do that. So I've looked into it at least. And so, yeah, there's that. And we already do the other shows with the indie road trip and, uh, uh, production line so there's always things coming up and this downtime has made me think more creatively all right so i just gotta add this you realize my lineage okay my my personal family lineage my great uncle his last match that he refereed he was tossed out of the ring by andre the giant and dislocated his shoulder so you've got a lot of training to do dude i'm natural you're not <laughs> okay all right, so last couple of questions. Hawaiian shirt, is that the best one you own? Uh, yeah, probably, because I only own this one that I got on my trip last year, and I got this in uh, St. Lucia? Yes, I got this in St. Lucia just after I did some uh, uh, zip lining through rainforest, and we were in the port, and I found this one for like 10 bucks. And then Louisa was just recently in Antigua and brought Back two other ones. All right. So the last two questions for me. Number one, do you still have the scar from your uh, uh, your bachelor party? Yes, I do. <laughs> I will post I a photo. High wire for doing. Uh, uh, we were doing high ropes at Camp Kintail, and Colin went ahead of me, and it was windy, but he was doing the 
shimmy slide concept. And even though I'm afraid of heights, I was like, F you, I'm going to do this and do it the proper way. And it was three ropes and they were shaking. And I actually went down. There's a video of it, but I got myself back up on there and finished it, walked backwards and got lowered down and have a scar for the remembrance. Was it Smurfette shirt or Papa Smurf? That was a Smurfette shirt that Colin got me uh, that was multiple sizes too small and uh, said about being the groom. Same color. Yeah, so that yellow kind of matched the color in his Hawaiian shirt right now. All right, last question for you for me. Worst co-host we've ever had on this show? <laughs> well, if those watching saw the fact that – or well, listening, uh, Chris Maloney is above Stephen and is pointing down, and Stephen pointed up with the Texas State bird. So, uh, yeah, that's where he's hinting at that. I don't think we've had really a bad host. I want to have people here, so I'm not going to insult anybody. And we want to invite anybody else to show up and be a part of uh, the show if possible. All right. So true story, guys, 1992, I think. That's where I got to meet Sean for the very first time. Uh, lunch table down in Montcalm Secondary School here in London, uh, playing euchre, uh, sticking gummy bears to the ceiling. But uh, uh, Sean, happy 44th birthday uh, from me to you. Uh, you know, this whole fucking quarantine, fucking coronavirus shit. Otherwise, we'd be out for beers on a patio someplace where I actually got to meet Jones at um, Place Downtown. It doesn't exist anymore. But uh, what was that old bar that used to be right across from Seeps? No, actually, you guys saw each other. I thought that... Uh, 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 Krabby Joe's first, and then we were downtown. Oh, maybe, uh, yeah, yeah. I think it was Ed that I met that night then. Yeah, it's well, now it's Jack Astor's. Yeah, now I just Jack remember, Astor. I just remember the night at Spooner's or the Shack or whatever the hell that place was called. Mavericks, was it Mavericks at the Mavericks. time? Yeah, <laughs> all right, Stephen uh, Jones, any uh, comments or questions for Sean on his uh, actual 44th birthday as he uh, ditches his wife to do this show with us? Well, I get oh, that. Go ahead. Uh, Jericho Cruise, 20, 2021, I think. You guys in? I would love to. Yeah, he's uh, Siegfried, uh, TJ Baxter's. Forgot all about the name of that. That's what the, the name of that place was, yeah. Yeah. It was one of the last times it was uh, TJ's. Jericho Cruise when? Mm, 2021, I think, is the next one. I would fucking be all over. I was going to go to Japan for... Uh, Wrestle Kingdom next year. Obviously, that's not happening. So I'm I'm down. Jones. Uh, depending on the price, <laughs> it is a little it steep. But the ships, I will say, are amazing. Both uh, ships that Jericho has used, I've actually been on. The first one was the uh, Norwegian Jade, and the uh, last year was Norwegian Pearl. And I love both of those ships. They're almost identical to each other. And so Norwegian Cruise Lines, I recommend them even if you don't go on Jericho Cruise. So New Japan was going to cost me about 10, sorry, for 10 days, it's going to cost me about three grand. So Jericho Cruise, is that within that? It's about that. Okay, so I'm down. Steven, you got me going aboard with you. Just stay away from, stay away from me with your, if we're on the cruise together. Fuck. Why? Because you think I'm going to get thrown overboard? Because I can't keep my mouth shut? That's 
So well. in my case, I would have to find a way of paying for the Jericho Cruise for me and a regular uh, cabin for Louisa, and because she wouldn't want to take part in the Jericho stuff. But just tell her to stay home. <laughs> She'd want to go on the cruise at least. Just tell her to stay home. But at the no, same no. Time, it's only a four-day cruise. I she love... can't go on the cruise unless she's willing to sit and do some heckling. Well, well of yeah. all the people I know as far as wrestling goes, Jones, you're the guy who she wants to sit next to. Probably. Yeah. Jones, any uh, questions for uh, the birthday boy? Uh, no, but just uh, congratulations on the... Uh, wow. Double four horsemen. <laughs> all right, Sean, do your pitch here. Scumbags of Wrestling, hashtag We Are Scumbags, forward slash Facebook. Dot, which, oh, I got the forward slash wrong. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash. It's on the screen, people. I'm stumbling my words. Sean, uh, what's going on? Uh, what are you looking? Here's the, the last question I'm going to ask you, okay? The end of the year comes. Wrestling's back in business. Where do you hope the Scumbags of Wrestling to be at the end of 2020? This fucking bullshit year, by the way. Well, hopefully hitting a bunch of different indie shows. And doing what we uh, got the uh, pleasure and fun to do with Midwestern Wrestling, setting up a table, uh, running down the show, helping promote it beforehand, during, after, getting talent out there, uh, even if it's crazy as Jordan James going uh, crazy. We also had Hello Beefcake uh, peeking in. If I can do more of those type of things, it would be amazing. And uh, yeah. We're trying to expand. And before we get to all that that you were saying about running down my hashtags and where you can find us and everything. Do you want me to post it? Yes. Episode okay. 100, we gave a sneak preview of our brand new shirt that Nigel Lewis from uh, NCL uh, Designs, I believe it is, on Instagram. He uh, created this amazing shirt that... Uh, we're working with, yeah, it's on the screen. Um, it's in celebration of uh, indie wrestling, support indie wrestling. Uh, our printer, Twisted Tees, I'm going to be talking to Daryl and getting out there, selling these shirts for $30. And I really don't need the money, just like we said, for the uh, Patreon. And I'm looking to give to charity after we uh, end up getting these uh, printed. Also going to be printing posters, uh, probably 11 by 17 size, with, uh, inspired by Cody Diener as well, for them to go on sale and uh, go for charity as well. Uh, as you see here, this is definitely celebrating uh, the who's who of uh, the Ontario indie scene. There's so many people that are still off it, but right here is 21 of the current and future stars of the uh, area and would love for you to be able to get uh, involved with it. So starting this weekend, if you go to our Facebook page or uh, personally message me, you can start purchasing, uh, ordering ahead, your official Scumbags Wrestling uh, t-shirt. Uh, Nigel is making a little bit of an adjustment to this picture where it's going to look like a comic book cover. So uh, he said he should have it tonight. So look for the comic book version of this poster on our Scumbags Wrestling page. 
email me, go through our uh, personal uh, direct messaging, and you can uh, find out how you can get the shirt, get the poster, and support a cause. We talked about uh, Steven's wrestling uh, journey uh, last week. I'm looking at possibly supporting that one through Sick Kids uh, Hospital in Toronto. And, uh, yeah, this past weekend after Nigel sent me this poster, I contacted the uh, talent that are on it. Most of them got back to me and were just blown away by what they're seeing. Uh, there's a few that uh, didn't get back to me, but they were totally supportive of their likeness being used. Yeah, Carter Mason wanted to instantly uh, put up his picture because he loved how it turned out. Shiloh wanted to. Um, yeah, there's a lot of great talent that's on there. Support indie uh, wrestling, and we'll uh, start taking uh, orders this weekend. Uh, guys, your thoughts on uh, what Nigel did? I love it. I already told you I want one. And I'm guessing if there's any people in the Toronto area that are ordering, they can all be sent to me and I can make sure that they get delivered because, well, I'm here. Um, I'm excited. I, I have an idea, but we'll talk about it after that we could do. For sure. Jonesy, your thoughts on it? It's it's a gorgeous uh, uh, picture. Uh, very talented uh, artist. Uh, some of the drawings remind me a bit of video game, I want to say Fatal Fury. Uh, I'm not sure if I got the right game. It was a Neo Geo fight game. It was like a ripoff of, uh, of Street Fighter, but it kind of has that, uh, that uh, look to it. I really... Uh, uh, I, I like it. Yeah, I stumbled upon Nigel's work uh, when I saw a drawing he did for Jody Threat, and I ended up seeing uh, stuff he did with uh, old-time, well, golden-era WDE uh, talent, uh, Shotzi Blackheart, Kenny Omega, and just knew that he was going to be the right guy to be able to do this. Uh, Maloney, your thoughts? I don't want to have to ban you from your own birthday show for saying that name on this show. Just call her that 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 fucking green haired whatever NXT star. Um, anyways, yeah, prop. I tell you this, props for that shirt. I mean, I'm kind of uh, a little bit envious. Um, that fucking thing is amazing. Um, I tell you this, I'll order a t-shirt right now. I will order, and if you can get this poster size, that would be the coolest thing in the world to get that poster size, and then basically have that on the wall someplace in my future rec room, autographed by all those guys. What I want to know is who's the who's the one down in the left hand corner there. Uh, doing the the fist to uh, whoever's laying on the ground. Who are those two people? Well, that's Sebastian Suave. And I'm having a feeling, uh, just looking at uh, what uh, Nigel put out, that Jordan James made two appearances on this poster as he's flying through the air in the upper right-hand corner underneath uh, Casey Spinelli's arm. But I think, uh, unfortunately, he's getting uh, beat up by uh, Sebastian. Yeah, so when saying that, Sebastian, you never look so good. Um, I, apparently, the cartoon version of you uh, suits you well. But yeah, for sure, um, definitely a, a great concept as far as wrestling art goes, especially as far as the Ontario independent scene goes. Um, definitely want a t-shirt. And like I said, I'd love to have a poster site uh, thing autographed by everybody. Uh, comment coming in, pretty sure. Oh, Daniel Coper says, Chris, no love for Shotzi. Yeah, she fucking, she's at, anyways, nope, another show. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the love. You know, 
Yeah. Well, no. The, anyways, we'll leave it at that. Double booked um, herself. Wait, what? She double booked herself. Didn't show up at Shockstock, and just barely made it to Smash. Yeah. So. Anyways, guys, um, I'm going to do this because this is our, our next. This is the longest show, by the way, in the history of TNT. Uh, so uh, okay. thanks, Sean. <laughs> Mick Chad, Chatty on his birthday. This is not TNT. This is Scumbags 106. Okay, so Scumbags 106. My apologies. So, Jones, it looks like you are in as far as doing the Fantasy Warfare Tournament coming up. Uh, looks like Sunday, if you're going to be available, um, obviously Sunday night we'll do the recording. Um, Monday it should be released. I've got some ideas because Patreon is not taking off. It doesn't mean I'm not going to continue with it, but um, I've got some uh, ideas as far as what to do with the content. I mean, it is a part of this show, the Scumbags, as well as uh, TNT. Uh, it, we just have fun doing it. It's, it's something, you know, we're not talking about wrestling topics that happen every single week. It's basically you stuff You need nudity. That, you need nudity. Nah, dude, I'm going to kick you from the show. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Jones, Steven, since... Don't, uh, so don't worry, Jones, I have pasties on. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so, Jones and Steven, looks like you're part of the, uh, the next Fantasy Warfare tournament uh, with Sean there. Um, you guys want to talk about what's coming up and, and some of the uh, names uh, being... Uh, this was hard because the fact is you can go probably 64 people in this tournament easily. And we had to narrow it down to 16. So the way it worked, I will not be part of the show because we have to take even numbers. So we have to take odd numbers. So I did have my picks. So my picks are in there. But Sean, uh, Stephen, Jonesy will be in it. I will simply just be producing it. I'm going to go behind the scenes like Jones did last time, be the stats guy behind everything. Love some Ultimate Warrior stats coming in. I'm gonna I'm gonna have some fun with this. But uh, guys, you want to talk about what the next show uh, has to include there on Patreon? Uh, I'd like to add one thing to the tournament. When there's a fourth person, I think that as the first per fourth person, you should have a little coin that you can take someone's vote and change it. I think you should have the power in the preliminary rounds. That would be interesting. That's something to think. We'll, we'll go three man th this coming Sunday, but uh, that is something to, th uh, to think about. Uh, it, that would actually be cool because, but th the problem is, if I'm on the other side of things, Steven, you're fucked every single round. I know this is fucking horseshit. But a coin, a coin flip could determine uh, a winner if there's a tie uh, two two. No, there's no coin flip. Fucking Steven's fucked. That's that's all there is to it. I'm oh, saying this on this show. <laughs> he, hey, I did not say Sunny was. I am not a Sunny fan, so we got along last week. So shut the fuck up. Captain Sonny O'Banel up there drinking the Palm Bay. But anyways, uh, um, so Stephen, you want to talk about next uh, next show? Um, and then uh, who, who are your picks as, as far as the, uh, the next uh, tournament show goes? So we went with the greatest gimmicks. I picked uh, HBK, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Nature Boy Ric Flair, and... I thought you would get off on this, the Ultimate Warrior. Oh yeah, he was he was definitely top two for me, but uh, you picked him, so I had to come up with other guys. Sean, who were your picks? I ended up picking Undertaker, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, Mister Perfect, and this one was a tough one. I'm a huge Gold Dust fan, so I went with Gold Dust, but I, I was tossed between Kane and. Razor Ramon, and there were so many to pick, but I went with Goldust. Uh, Jones, do you remember who you picked? Uh, I know Yokozuna. Yep. After that, uh, Bushwhackers, if they were allowed. 
but I'm fine if they're not allowed because they're a tag team. We went with singles, so we had to uh, omit the uh, Bushwhackers and go with Kane. All right. And you had okay. Jake and Honky. Yes. And then for me, I had The Rock, Hulk Hogan, Rey Mysterio, Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Um, but like I said, uh, narrowing down to 16, it was tough because there's so many guys out there. We talked about going to 32. You could at least go 64. But uh, uh, case in point, well, fact you, is, oh, Jones? You, well, you can. we can always do another one later, and then whoever wins that one can go against the winner of this one. And it also allows us to do a uh, WCW individual one. So there's still a lot of content. And eventually the winners of all of them could go into another tournament. Very true. Divisions. So on the non-TNT version of the show right now and the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast episode 106, by the way. Um, yeah, Fantasy Warfare Tournament. Hashtag FWR on TNT. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash TNTrowdownCA is the official address. Um, like I said, it's um, it, we're just doing it for fun, so I, I may transition things into uh, making it available to everybody, but we'll uh, we'll talk about that uh, further on. Um, guys, it's been a fun show. Um, last thing we're going to do is this, and it's been a tough week because of the fact that uh, Shad Gaspard, uh, to everybody that's out there, I mean, obviously, you we, we touched about it on the, the start of the show, and obviously... It's tough because it's not a regular wrestling death. It reminds me of Eddie Guerrero, you know, just the way it kind of went down. Uh, Eddie had cleaned up his life. Shad had cleaned up his life. But um, uh, definitely a tough wrestling week. Uh, you know, memories of British Bulldog David Boy Smith uh, passing away on May 18th. Owen Hart, May 23rd, coming up on Saturday. Uh, obviously, uh, Larry Zonka, one of the pioneers of wrestling journalism on the Internet. And then, obviously, Shad Gaspard. Uh, you know, just uh, as of yesterday, uh, official. Um, but uh, Sean, how is um, how how is uh, Shad Gaspard? I mean, never really a standout as far as um, you know, um, one of the big tag team names that you're ever going to know as far as crime time goes. But um, uh, just as a human being, it's um, it, it's tough, eh? And uh, I mean, as wrestling fans, how do you pull through this to know that same shit's not going to happen next week? Well, in this case, it was a accident with the fact that it was nature. It wasn't somebody ODing or uh, getting assassinated for doing something stupid and skewering over the mob like uh, Dino Bravo. It was legitimately an accident. Like, you can't predict them or uh, anything like that. And, you know, people are going to remember that he went out a hero saving his own kid. All right. And follow up question. Um, Hawaiian shirts, is it going to be a common thing? Are you going to, uh, uh, next episode of TNT or Scumbags or Wrestling, are we going to... That's my thing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> apparently it's copyright infringement, Jones is saying. <laughs> well, I guess just at wrestling events. Stephen, how hard is it going to be to get you a rock Hawaiian shirt for next week? Uh, hard, because they would be in London, and I can't go home, because I don't know if you've heard that funny thing called COVID going on right now. Uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of it because a lot of people seem to have not heard about it. But in that statement that you just said, you said they would be in London. So that's, that's indicating you have one, but you mocked mine. Oh no, mine's oh my oh no, mine's not as intense as yours. But I have them. I have a few. Uh, when I can get to London, I, I will definitely be rocking one. 
randomly. You will not expect it either. So can we make a deal? The first independent show that we go to after this fucking, as Stephen calls it, horse shit. We all rock Hawaiian shirts. Yes. Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. At this point, it could be in 2025 because fuck. People stay home and wash your hands. Wear a fucking mask. I'm over this horse shit. All right, so I'm going to kick us all off. Sean's going to give us some closing comments on his birthday. We'll leave it to the birthday boy. Scumbags are wrestling podcast taking over TNT Thursday night throwdown tonight, May the 21st, 2020. Sean, your closing thoughts as I kick these two off the air and then myself, and then we, uh, we'll give a couple seconds of silence for Shad there. So, yeah, um, thank you, everybody, for joining us for episode 106. And, uh, yeah, we... Uh, are available on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts from. And uh, join us on the Facebook page, Scumbag, or Superstar of the Day, celebrating somebody's birthday. And be sure to check out when and how you can start ordering your poster and uh, T-shirt to support independent wrestling, support uh, Sick Kids in Toronto. And, yeah, thank you once again for joining us. And we'll see you next week with results from AEW and uh, whatever else happens in the wrestling world.